0: Entering our second season of Blood Time, we want to thank not only our phenomenal and remarkable individuals that were our guests, but also the support, the incredible support that we have had throughout the community, not only locally, but nationally. What you can absolutely put to bed as guaranteed the second season of Blood Time are more remarkable individuals, more transformative stories, and more Blood Time moments. Please give a listen to the second season, for we are all blood. Coach Cimarroni here. Love to all. This is Coach Cimarroni for Next Level Continuing Education. Next Level brings unique education to real estate professionals and real estate investors on how to get money effectively and efficiently into real estate investments. Next Level Continuing Education has ditched the traditional continuing education platform. Gone are the days of listening to boring content in a stuffy classroom setting. Come jump on a Zoom call whenever you find it comfortable and learn how to expand your real estate portfolio. Next Level CE brings unique content across Ohio and the Midwest to teach real estate investors how to become their own bank using the infinite banking concept to acquire more properties quickly. Call Ryan M. Miller, the CE Specialist at 330-933-8231 or click on the link in our show notes. That's Ryan M. Miller, CE Specialist, 330-933-8231 or our show notes. The link is where you go. Thank you. Hey, this is Coach Cimironi for Blood Time. Welcome uh, to this interesting year. It's our second season, and we've already had some amazing guests on and uh, terrific uh, philosophies, stories, transformative moments, blood-time moments. Today, I have a young man I've known since he's been a very young man, a uh, good friend of my nephew, Mark Worthington's, and a, uh, an incredible, uh, not only uh, uh, wrestler, but a uh, great kid, great young man, and a great family. Dominic Abenator, how you doing, Dominic? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Good to see you uh, in the chair. Yeah. All right. All it's right. Good to be here. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad you're here. And, you know, it's interesting. We had um, another one of your buddies on, George D. Camillo, mm-hmm. uh, in first season, and he was terrific. You know, a terrific qu- quality family. I've known the family forever. For sure. And, and you guys too. I mean, you've been a, a business in the. Uh, Cleveland community for what 30 years, 40 yeah. years, something like that. Yeah, uh, now time. you're you're over in Lynnhurst with uh, Abo's Grill, right? Yep.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. My dad opened up a restaurant there on Mayfield Road, so it's been going 4
0: years now. Fantastic. So, yeah. And your brother Joe runs that with him? Yep. That's awesome. That's awesome. And mo- mother Michelle and and uh, Yeah, the whole family helps out. And so. dad Sam, right? Yep. Yeah, we'll give them all my best. I will. Awesome. And uh Dominic, you know you started as a young man in our great sport uh, with uh, a bunch of youth that came up that were incredible, mm-hmm. did a lot of incredible things, and then you en- ended up going to uh, the Story St. Ed's program. How did you get there?
1: Um, so I started at the Mayfield Wrestling Club. Um, with, like you mentioned, Mark Worthington and Georgie D Camillo and Johnny DeJulius was there, oh my! Kyle Roddy at the time. So wow. we had quite the room, um, sure. as young kids. And, uh, from there, my, my brother's six years older than me. Okay. So he ended up going to St. Ed's. So that's kind of how I got involved with St. Ed's, mm-hmm. um, as a young kid. And then just being around the room and all the guys a lot and being around my brother, I kind of, um, transitioned over to the west shore wrestling club around sure. uh, fifth grade or sixth grade and um you know from there just kind of fell in love with the school and the coaches and right. you know coach f and coach leonard and a bunch of all that you know we've always had like 10 coaches in the room at, st. Yeah. Ed's at a time so i kind of just fell in love with all the coaches and herbis
0: was always
1: been a mentor to me and st greg
0: yeah <laughs> he's yep. unbelievable we had him on the show and he's just incredible guy and yeah jeff leonard's a supporter of our, our show first season uh JTL Construction and Mike McLaughlin and yep. uh, Jason Effner, all those guys over there. Yeah, great, so just
1: people, you know, so
0: many great people being in, in, involved in that program.
1: Just oh. it was the right decision for me. So, now was um, was were the
0: Seikos involved with that at all?
1: Yeah, so um, Gus was at St. Ed's when I was a part of West Shore. Okay, and obviously his dad was the coach at West Shore, so sure. Um, he was my you know, first grade school coach when I started to get serious with the sport you know, right. around fifth, sixth grade. So um Mr. Seiko was my coach in, until high school and you know the fam- it's a great family and great company great guy. defense soap yeah we defense, love so defense so keeps a lot. us on the <laughs> mat. So Yeah, exactly
0: right. Exactly right.
1: Yeah, so like I mentioned it's just so many great people involved in the St. Ed's program. It was it sure. was just a joy to be around and right. um, I was glad I got to be involved in that.
0: That's cool. So you you know you you develop in pretty much you know a wrestling royalty over there, um, and then you get to the St. Ed's program and you have a pretty successful freshman year. Uh, tell us a little bit about that, and then you know your your high school
1: career is amazing. Yeah, so my going into freshman year, I, I wrestled one twenty six as an eighth grader, and I knew. Um, the weight that I was kind of weighing, like 140, 145, just yeah. wasn't going to cut it because uh, Anthony Slupo was the 145 pounder who wrestled yeah, yeah. for Lehigh. And yeah. then um, Nick Salzer was the 160 pounder. So good. I was kind of in a yeah. In yeah. a position where I had to gain a lot of weight to to uh, get up to 152. Right. And uh, Plus kind of the 152 in
0: the pounders, those are, those are juniors and senior right. animals coming at you. Yeah,
1: yeah so my, my freshman year, that was – it's what I had to do in the off season to right. try and start. And uh, coming off of football, because I played football four years as well. Sure. Um, I was a little bit rusty. I actually lost my first wrestle off as a freshman, wow. and then about a month in, I uh, regained the spot at one fifty two. Okay. Had a pretty good season, and then um, you were
0: district champ, weren't you?
1: Yeah, sectional district champ. Yeah. Did really well there, yeah. and then uh, I had the wrestle the eventually the state champ, Joaquin Komar, in the sure. second round at state. Right. I ended up losing nine to ten or eight to ten, something like that. Wow. And then uh Teddy Hammer pinned me in the Wrestlebacks. backs. So uh, I got caught on my back. Yeah. Um I had majored him the week before at districts. It happens. Yeah, it, it happens. happens. I mean, you so, know,
0: I've seen it happen over and over again. It just weird.
1: Right. And then we ended up losing right. we had a fourteen year streak at St Ed's of being state champs. We ended right. up losing to Wadsworth that year. So I kinda Took that very personal and, uh, you know, sure. felt that I didn't really help the team at state. So, the following year, just came back with a fire. And
0: Well, you lost to an incredible program. I mean, yeah. John Grimuglia, oh, yeah, we had him sure. on. We just had Clay Wanger. What a terrific oh, yeah. all group those guys of human beings, let the squires wrestlers, right?
1: yeah. they were all really good.
0: Yeah, and so you come back with a vengeance, and you win three state titles in a row. Yep. You know, it's interesting. I had a, a few guys on here that have won numerous national titles, state titles. And I, I want to ask you this question: Who was your toughest competitor of those three titles? Who was your toughest? The guy that that was the runner-up. Um, my junior year, I wrestled Baker. Okay.
1: From uh, Twinsburg. Sure. And yeah. he was a uh, he was pretty tough. I, I think I beat him three to zero. Um, okay. I, I got him on the mat, you know, and rode him out a lot that match right. in the finals. And uh, that was definitely the edge I had over him because on his feet he was really talented and. Um, I got one takedown and, you know, rode him out and escaped. So right. that was definitely my toughest opponent. My, my sophomore year, I, um, I, I won pretty handily yeah. and, um, uh, my senior year as well. So junior year was definitely probably my toughest year. And that was the year they combined the weights, right? Like they changed the weight classes. Right. So Baker was a state champ with the weight above me. And we kind of met in the middle and right. State champ or state champ. And, um,
0: that was probably my toughest state finals match. That was that had to be very uh, satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. So what did you learn from that match?
1: Um, that I need to get better on my feet. Okay. okay. <laughs> so um yeah, it's always been a little bit of a downfall for me is my attacks. I've always been kind of a defensive wrestler and a counterattack type wrestler, so that's still something that I struggle with and just try to, you know, push to get my attacks going.
0: Yeah, and that was old school. I mean, you know, when I was growing up, counterattacks, Rick Sanders, that was it, man. You right. let the guy shoot in on you and you just torture him, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's not bad that you have that in your back mm-hmm. pocket, right? But now you got to get the attacks because that's our, that's our sport now. That's just what it's evolved to. For sure. You know, so uh, then you uh, evolve into D1. You get some offers and you get a pretty nice offer from that place up, uh, up North. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me a little bit of what happened with that. And how did that, you know, you, you have to have a lot of not only your, your parents behind you, but you have to have your, your coaching staff behind you to get those type of offers. Even if you have the talent that you have, right. Tell, tell us a little bit about that process and the support that you got that blood time moment, if you will, that, you know, really somebody that was behind you to get those kinds of offers.
1: Yeah. So I, I would say it starts with, uh, you know, coach Erbis, okay. um, You know, he's, like you called him, St. Erbis. He definitely preaches, you know, not only being a good wrestler, but being a good student and uh, just being a good man, you know. Right. And um, so that kind of mentality that he bestowed on us at St. Ed's, that kind of um personality is definitely what coaches look for at the college level yeah you know they want a good student they want
0: somebody that's not going to cause
1: a lot of trouble they do uh, not want to get
0: that call at one o'clock in the morning correct some problem has had that some knucklehead (laughs) yeah so that's definitely where it starts
1: if you could get it done in the classroom and then you know when you could get it done in your community and then also on the mat that's what coaches look for so i'd say coach erbis was a big part of that and uh At the same time, he's not going to vouch for you to college D1 programs if you're not the person that, you know, he says you are. So, he's not going to go lying to college programs just to try to, you know, bring up your confidence. So, that's where it starts. And, uh, you know, the coaches were behind me 100%. And then my senior year, Kozicki actually had left Michigan and come back to Cleveland. Okay. So, he definitely let me know a lot about Michigan and – you know, he had no hard feelings with them, and let me know what kind of people are there, and sure. you know how they'll take care of me, and things like that. So he definitely uh, helped guide me into making a little bit of Michigan choice, but he didn't he didn't force me or anything like that. He let sure. me. He just informed. He just gave me you
0: the. He just gave you the scoop, man. Just the
1: right story, right? So he just yeah. informed me on the program a little bit. So that played a little bit of a part, and. There's obviously a St. Ed's connection to Michigan yep. with uh, Bertine and Andy Rovat. Ryan Rova. Bertine,
0: yeah, terrific. Wasn't he a two-time national champion? Yep, yeah. Ryan
1: Bertine, yeah. Andy Rovat, and oh, Michael yeah. Zicke. So yeah. we had a little bit of a pipeline there, and Coach McFarland would come back to Cleveland every summer and do the oh, Michigan camp. kid. Yep. North Olmstead, right? Yeah, so yeah. there was definitely a connection there. I had known Coach McFarland for a long time. And, sure. Um, at the end of the day they were definitely the right right decision to me. They were they were matching scholarship money with most of the other schools that were looking right. at me. Virginia Tech and Virginia were um, you know, second and third on my list. So Sure. Um Ohio State had a big recruiting year that year. Yeah, they, they did. They had uh Tomasello yeah. and the Jordans right. and Right. It was a big year for them, so I don't think they had a lot of money.
0: To, no, they uh, ran out of money. To offer, so, yeah. And it wasn't uh, there. it wasn't their I don't think it was their intention to run out of oh, money. Oh, for they sure. Just, you they just got a lot had, of good recruits. So. I mean, twelve. You you came out in two thousand twelve. That was like all stars everywhere. Yeah. I mean, so it was just crazy.
1: I love loved Coach Ryan and and yeah. Coach Jaggers as well. But um, I, I talked met with them a couple times. They came to my house. But at the end of the day, Michigan was just the right fit
0: and the right choice. Great. Yeah. So and Colzicky, what what a terrific guy. I had him in studio uh, earlier this year. He he was our second uh, episode of uh, of season two. At the Wrestling Factory, and I've watched him run practices. He's terrific. Oh, he's right? great. He yeah. is just terrific, and he loves the sport. And he really, you know, he really brings what needs to be brought to the sport, both technique wise, but also philosophy. And he talks about that. And I love that when he comes into the room or when you go into his room. So big, right. big, I'm a big fan of his. Um, so so you go to you go to Michigan, right? And you're under McFarland, but you got some great assistant coaches there, right? Who do you bond with there and what happens at Michigan? Um, so my freshman year
1: I planned on redshirting. Sure. And uh our captain at the time, Max Huntley, ended up uh tearing his pec, Ugh. and he was a starter at one eighty four. Yeah. So uh, I would say my freshman year I got really close with Donnie Pritzloff. Oh wow.
0: And yeah. um now he was a Wisconsin guy, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. He was was
0: he a national or runner up?
1: He national, was a national champ. National champ, yeah. Yeah, he was a Wisconsin guy, came to Michigan to coach. Um mm-hmm. and then after my freshman year, he ended up leaving for Rutgers. But I definitely was pretty close with him my freshman year, so Max went down mm-hmm. and got hurt, and uh, and I stepped in as the, as the starter at 184. So um, that was a big decision to make because I was giving up my red shirt to end up wrestling. But, yeah, yeah. losing Donnie was definitely big for me. Sure. Um, but I, I gelled with him pretty good my freshman
0: year. Did you? Yeah. Now, what did he teach you? Like you know, was it was there just moves that he taught you, or was there a philosophy? Because you know, I love the the brilliance that I see at your level is knowing how to manipulate a match, the strategy in a match, you know, how to take your match to the to the to the opponent, but also to understand the opponent. Was he good that way, or was he good? How was he good? I guess.
1: Yeah, Donnie was definitely somebody that helped me with my mentality. Okay. Um, he's great technically yeah. but he's definitely somebody that helped mold my mind into a you know keeping a strong steady pace throughout the match like sure. i said i've always been a little bit defensive and yeah. uh he definitely helped me you know push the pace a little bit right. with my hand fighting and uh and i remember like my first week in michigan wow. donnie asked me to come in the morning and drill with him yeah. and just All we did was drill for, like, an hour, and I couldn't breathe. I mean, his pace that he had on me, he gets, like, these inside ties, and I remember my armpit was, like, raw from him just pulling on my arm. Sure. And, uh, you know, he's just teaching me, like, um, just the pace of college wrestling. It's definitely a little bit different. You know, in high school, I feel like I never got tired ever right but in right. college it's like it's Forget a different game it. yeah. it's a different game yeah um with the riding time and things like that so just keeping that steady pace and having a solid mindset throughout you know an entire match is a uh, it's definitely big for college you see guys that have a lot of success just you know solely off of a high pace right you know and breaking right. your opponent well so. i mean
0: uh, iowa lived on it right for what, exactly 20 25 years for sure you know and i think that you're seeing a different type of pace with penn state more of a fun, I don't know, it's, it's almost like a buoyant. For sure. You know, like it's Ed Ruth, different. when I look at Ed Ruth, it's almost like watching Michael Jordan wrestle. You yeah. know what I mean? He's just amazing. Um, and I, I think you see a lot of those, I mean, Bo Nickel, you know, the the the, the absolute athleticism right. is incredible from from those guys, and I think, you know, you could attest to that, right? Uh, yeah. The other thing, too, is I love what you just said about Pritzloff, about that rawness, you know, on your, on your underarm, mm-hmm. okay, or on your uh, tricep, because when you look at, you know, greats all over in every sport, but let's say one of our combat sports, boxing, the greatest of all time, to some people's minds, was Rocky Marciano. Right. Rocky used to hit you in the, on, on the biceps. He wouldn't hit you in the, in the jaw or in the stomach. Right. He'd hit you in the biceps so that at the end of, like, the fifth or sixth round, you'd drop your arms because you were so right. beat right. up, and then, boom, he'd knock you out. And all the, the guys, you know, would say to that he goes, he was just relentless, but the pace too, you know what right. I mean? But there was, there was a absolute method to the pace. And I think that's what you may have learned from Pritzloff, right? Yeah, the method sure. To the pace, the you know? first, uh,
1: like two weeks right. of Michigan wrestling. I, I'm, I think they do this a lot of different programs, but the first, like two weeks we do these things called our grinds. Yeah. And it's just an hour straight of live wrestling with your partner. Right. And, uh, you know they give you like an optional one break when okay. you want but you know this the older guys know not to give you that break and right that that first two weeks as a freshman it's it's a completely different animal you come in and um, going with Max Huntley and Taylor Massa they absolutely annihilated me sure. put me on my back maybe like you know 10 15 times in that wow. hour so wow. it's definitely getting something getting used to it just you know building your mind sure. you know and callousing callousing the mind. Um, because I mean, after those memory, two weeks, right? yeah, yeah, after those two weeks I, I learned how to uh, fight through some of that adversity. And, you know, I ended up not getting put on my back one time. Then I started beating some of these guys, you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that first two weeks and those hour grinds, it, it's definitely uh, the freshmen get a rude awakening. So.
0: No, no, Well, you know, again, when you go to that next level, right, and then you go to the next level, right. and you get you get a rude awakening. And it's also the speed of the game is ridiculously fast right? right that moment like you were saying you make a mistake in high school you can correct it no yeah no, you know you, you make a mistake in uh in, in at that level at the division one level or at the international level and you're you're done it's right. such fault you know mm-hmm. you're out so you know i i want to talk to you a little bit too about the the, the foundation that you that you just talked about because you found found some adversity that you had to overcome and you did overcome it right in uh in at, at michigan and at the d1 level and we're going to do that when we come back with a uh, after our break we're going to take a little bit of a break right now thanks sure. we'll be back with dom Avenator. this is coach cimarroni i want to thank serve pro of beachwood our newest sponsor and jack coslin the owner. They serve all of Northeast Ohio, not just Beechwood. They specialize in disaster cleanup that leaves your home or office like new, like it never happened. Flood and water damage, fire, mold, and they say even blood and guts. Not just any Serve Pro. Seek out Serve Pro of Beechwood. That's Serve Pro Beechwood, Shaker Heights, Cleveland 216 464 4498. Operated by a former All State from Beechwood, we love Serve Pro of Beechwood. Defense Soup at DefenseSoup.com In the midst of our current health crisis, we at Blood Time want to thank Guy and Gus Seiko and the team at Defense Soap as a beacon of our protection. Body wipes, skin cleansers, bars of soap, shower gels, and disinfectant tablets. All this and more as Defense Soap is on the front line of our protection. Thanks to the Seiko family and their team at Defense Soap, Check them out for all your protection needs during these precarious times. Defense Soap at DefenseSoap.com. And we're back. This is Coach Simirani with Dom Abinader. How you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? Well, welcome back after the break. And my my producer just talked about a kind of a knucklehead uh that's i guess very famous now you know we make knuckleheads famous mm-hmm. uh, the italians call him mm-hmm. <laughs> and you pinned this guy logan paul
1: right yeah yeah I, I was supposed to wrestle him in the sectional finals i think is my senior year mm-hmm. and uh, he didn't wrestle he forfeited the match okay and then again at district finals right i wrestled him and uh he almost stalled out of the match i think he had like four stall calls wow and I was winning like seven zero or seven to one or something like that. And uh, after the fourth stall call, you get choice, and I picked top and ended up pinning him. There you go. So yeah. Well, you'd have
0: to be an almost a statue to get four sto- stall calls, right. right? I mean, come on. Really yeah, he
1: was care. just running the whole match, and was he was like, like curly
0: from the Three Stooges.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was talking some trash in the in yeah. the plane dealer the week before and oh, stuff sure. too. So I was ready to get after him and. Well, yeah. way to go. Yeah. We, we,
0: we like that. We like that the wrestler will make a, a knucklehead look like a knucklehead. Right, <laughs> like exactly. Anyhow, um, you know, getting on a serious note, you know, you face some adversity at Michigan with some, uh, really a devastating injury, uh, Dom, and uh, that curtailed your, 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 your goal to be a, a, on the podium. Tell us a little bit about that, you know, not only physically but mentally, what that did to you and then, and then galvanized your resolve to get back and, and make that podium wow. opportunity.
1: Yeah. So I actually had, uh, three knee surgeries while being at Michigan wow. minor ones, they're
0: meniscus stuff. Yeah. And they always were in the beginning of the season. So I well, always I tell you before you go on to that, I can tell you that any minor thing at your age is minor, but it does not happen at 63. Yeah. It continues to get major. So be, be aware of that.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I had some, a couple knee surgeries that were somewhat minor. Right. And, uh, You know, just coming back from those was, it's usually like a four to six week recovery for your knee, but, and then just uh, getting your timing back. And it's like the actual pounding of the mat on your knee that takes a long time. So a couple of those were in the beginning of the season and in the off season, but uh, the big one was my shoulder with my labrum. So um, in the preseason of my true senior year, Mm -hmm. I I ended up tearing my labrum in practice. And uh,
0: how did that happen?
1: I was in a front headlock and I was yeah. I was trying to like drag out. Yeah. And so my shoulder real close to my head and I just kind of heard it pop. Ugh. And uh it was fine that day and then the next day it was just killing me. So it kind of the swelling went down and mm-hmm. uh it started to feel okay. And a lot of times you could just rehab your labrum, but um I did some rehab, it was still kind of bothering me. So I ended up wrestling in the Eastern Michigan Open unattached. Okay. So I didn't technically use my eligibility eligibility right. yet. And uh I won that tournament, but I really did not perform to the way that I wanted to or needed to, and I was just constantly like doing things to kind of baby my shoulder. Right, right. I was like, "This is my senior year. I don't want to." If it gets worse, yes. And you know, even just the way I'm wrestling now, I'm not happy
0: with it. So I ended up getting the surgery on my labrum. Right. I remember Uh, you coming over to the Worthingtons with that big crazy uh, yeah sling uh, sling out. Oh my gosh, yeah.
1: Yeah, so I rehabbed it all year. Um we had a little bit of a down year that year. We had three freshmen All-Americans. Okay. Uh, Miles Amin and Stefan Niedzic, sure. Taylor Taylor, uh, or Logan Massa. Okay. So, we had those guys returning and uh you know, I got to sit back and watch and learn a little bit from even some of the younger guys. So, right. um came back was healthy, wrestled the full year, had a great season. Yes. Um, and then uh actually the second round of the national tournament, I re-tore the labrum. I remember that, yeah. Um, that was at
0: Cleveland, right?
1: Yeah, so yeah. in Cleveland, the second round, uh I retore my labrum and that night was the quarters. Okay. It felt fine in the quarters. Um I wrestled Pete Renda from NC State yes. and beat him in overtime. Yes. And uh it felt it felt fine. Like it, it was hurting a little bit, but right. no issue while I was wrestling. Right. Then the next morning I woke up and it was just swollen. I felt like I couldn't lift my arm and oh boy. um you know, I was warming up with Miles Amin and like yeah, I was telling him like, Man, like, I know there's nothing I could do, but right. this is killing me. Ugh. And uh, I wrestled bone nickel in the semis that uh, morning. Yes. And you know, definitely wasn't myself. I should have beat him in the regular season. Yes. And obviously he's a great wrestler, but I, I really wasn't happy with the way I performed in the semis and you um, know I don't like making excuses but my shoulder is definitely bothering me right and uh you know so it kind of hindered me a little bit um and the wrestle backs I actually got it caught behind my back and uh gave up two points because I took an injury time right and then he gets point for the injury time yes or, he does uh, choice of position for the injury oh, time right, 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 so right. he went down yeah i caught him yeah i was losing three-0 and then he shot in on a shot and i win dixied him where like a right. you know, head and arm yeah, yeah and his arm slipped out so i just had his head scissored okay so technically it's illegal yes so i started that match like four five zero yeah and then ended up losing uh nine to eight so uh, yeah. i ended up
0: taking fifth that year but hey you're on the podium yeah you yeah. know with, with one shoulder basically right i mean you never know what could happen but that's the problem you know that's the problem but that is what it is at the national title. Yeah, I mean, it's you, part of the sport. Yeah, I mean, you know, who's healthy, basically, and everybody's banged up to some degree, but not mm-hmm. to that level. And it's about, you know, and if you look at the pictures of the guys that start the wrestling, uh, at, you know, at the national, that first day before the first match, at the end, they look like they were in a literally a car accident. Right. You know, so it's it's brutal.
1: Yeah, just the season is long, yeah. um, especially in the Big Ten. Right. The Big Ten season is super long. You're wrestling two matches a weekend, making weight twice a week right and um you know it's completely different in the international level so international level you only compete like six times a year right so in college you know you you might wrestle six times in two three weeks and it's brutal yeah so it's, brutal. it's tough making weight all, all those times in a row even though i, sure. I don't really cut that much weight but um, making weight and then competing and it's a lot on your body and I think that's why there's been a lot of talks of shortening the season a little bit yeah. and things like that. So. I think
0: they should do it in high school too. Yeah. I really do. I mean I, I had a I had a lot of sickness. You know, because you're just working out. You're working out. You're wrestling. Mm-hmm. You know, you're wrestling 35, 40 matches, sometimes 50 matches. Right. It's brutal. I mean, if you're wrestling, because you're wrestling a lot of fish now, you know, in, in high school. It's not like the old days where right. everybody was pretty decent. Mm-hmm. You know, you're pinning a lot of guys or are getting forfeits. But still, you you got to work out, you know. So, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a long season. But, you know, uh, saying that, we now talk. A little bit about that uh, that Olympic movement, and you are now in the Olympic movement. You are now wrestling for Beirut. Yeah, Lebanon. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or, that's right. Uh, Lebanon, Beirut is the capital. Mm-hmm. Um, I think your family's from Beirut. Yeah, right? my yeah. father is. Yeah, exactly. So tell me a little bit about how that happened, and what uh, what that's what that what is that like.
1: Um, so I knew that I had Lebanese citizenship for a long time because my dad is uh from there. He came over when he was like 12 years old. Gotcha. So, um, I automatically qualified for citizenship there. Uh, I just had to get my passport. Okay. So Andy Robot was our Cliff Keen Wrestling Club coach at the time, and he was real into um wrestling for foreign countries or your gotcha. your, you know, father's country or whatever. So Dave well, Habit
0: is uh, uh hungarian i think is he? he's is he? slovenian slovenian Maybe. okay yes yeah. Some something Eastern like that Indian, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah so yeah. he uh got dave habit mm-hmm. going first dave okay. habit was like the pioneer for that so dave Russell's for uh slovenia gotcha. and uh he started it and then you know kind of talked to me about it and At the time, my grandfather just passed away, so I was really close with him, and that meant a lot to me, you know, kind of honor him. Sure. So I decided to wrestle for Lebanon, got my passport, um, and then ended up wrestling for them, and my first competition, like right away, was the uh, Asian uh, Games. You took
0: silver there, right? I did. It was my first
1: foreign international competition, and I ended up taking silver. To
0: the Iranian, was it?
1: Yeah, to... um, Yazdani, Yazdani, who's like pound for pound number one guy in the world, arguably. So, um, it was a great experience, and it was a great first tournament. And, sure, um, you know, from there on, I kind of gotten not as good results, but it was kind of eye opening. From there on, like, you know, you could you could beat these guys. It's proven you're there. You know, you could beat all these guys. It's just it's a game of inches at that level. So, you know,
0: when you wrestled. Pound for pound, arguably the best in the world. What's that like? What's that feel like?
1: Yeah, he's a little different. Yeah, is like, uh, most of these Eastern European guys, they're slow and methodical, and they're um, extremely hard to get into their legs, and, uh, you know, they they just don't wrestle at a high pace. Right. And uh, the Iranian definitely wrestles at an extremely high pace. He's like a buzzsaw. He doesn't stop, so... Um, even when he wrestled David Taylor, you know, he's beating him 6-0. Yeah. And then, you know, David kind of picked up his pace and ended up breaking uh, Yazdani. Sure. But, but you don't see a lot. It's a credit to David.
0: Um, yeah, well, David's a special. Yeah. A special talent.
1: So Yazdani is yeah. different, man. He just, he comes at you like a buzzsaw and it's hard to stop. And um, you definitely got to get to that second period with him late in the second period. and Right. You know, that. then I think
0: he'll start to wear... Isn't that something that we can, you know, as Americans, right? Well, yeah. you know, obviously you're taking that American mentality to Lebanon. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, we are pace, pace guys. Right. You know what I mean? For and sure. When you saw that happen in the 72 Olympics with Gable, that was a good, that was definitely a recipe and we pretty much followed that recipe, but it's also hurt us a little bit too, not understanding the, the pace yeah, and the mentality sure. of, you know, the foreign wrestler. So um, I think the the brilliance of Schultz, you know, the sly fox, right? right. And the Russians go, man, this guy's got us figured out. You yeah, know he
1: definitely I mean? wrestled more like a Russian.
0: Right. He figured us out, you mm-hmm. know, and so he took them. But he also kept the American mentality too. So he really was the the beauty of the merger of both cultures right. in one guy. And that's why they say, well, we can't figure we can't figure Schultz out. Yeah. You know, it was, it was pretty cool to see that. And uh, so so you're you're on the international circuit. You know and we're in the middle of a pandemic how does this look for you uh is is there going to be a 2021 olympics what's the what's what's the what's the buzz yeah so it's been kind of crazy mm-hmm. i was geared up
1: to go to china in march wow for the asian um qualifier okay and i was registered and everything ready to go and then obviously the pandemic happened yep. and shut everything down um So that's the big one for me. I still need to go to the Asian qualifier, and they said locations will remain the same. So I'm probably going to have to go back to China. Whereabouts in China? Um, Xi'an. Okay. Okay. And uh, I'll have to go there and make the finals of that tournament. And if I make the finals, that qualifies me for the Olympics. So the Olympics are still supposed to happen as planned. I don't know if they're going to reschedule the dates for this um, Asian qualifier. But I think, again, it's supposed to be around March. So hopefully everything's cleared up. Um, We haven't been back in the Michigan room yet. We've been using, like, outsourced rooms. And we still work out every day. Um, We lift at Barwis Methods, which is, like, a great facility they they train a bunch of the detroit lions and detroit red wings players awesome. so it's really high level training that we're getting right now
0: and so um, who are you drilling with who, who, who are you you know who you're working out with
1: so sergey is coaching us through these practices and i've been drilling with miles amin alex derringer and you know logan massa every day it's just the rtc guys right um right now okay. so keeping uh, it, you got to keep it tight. Right. Yeah,
0: you know, with COVID. Yeah, I yeah, understand. with COVID.
1: So yeah, yeah. we're in a different room right now and we're, we're making things work. It's a little bit of a drive every day, but that's right. what needs to be done. So, you know, can't make excuses. Everybody else is working out. Just Yeah, we just figure stuff. it out,
0: right? We got to look for solutions yeah. as opposed to ex- excuses. And I think that's where our sport really lies. We're mm-hmm. courageous, but we're prudent, but we have to find solutions and we got to be leaders in that creativity. Correct. You know? and, and those cards
1: that people have been doing are amazing, you know? Okay. Like, Uh, I wrestled on the Penn State uh, Rockfin card um, against Jamie Espinall. And it seems like they're doing some every week now. So that's really, I think, helping grow the sport amidst this... Pandemic. So well, didn't
0: Taylor call out,
1: call out Burroughs and Burroughs says yeah. yeah let's go. Mm-hmm. It's time to party, right? Right. So that's yeah. that's the brilliance of what's going on right now. Sure. You know, even with all this COVID stuff going on. So. Yeah, I, I remember watching that
0: date Chmizo. It was kind of silly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what Chmizo Chir- was doing. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. He's a talent. That's that's an alien. Right oh there, yeah, for man. sure. Wow. I mean, I've never seen hips like that. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah, he's right? incredible. He really is. Um, so so Dom, you're. You're in the middle of it, you know, you're, you're training for your Olympic dream. uh, And, uh, you know, we have an incredible history of Michigan and St. Ed's and, and all those incredible West shore guys to start you out. Tell me the ultimate blood time moment for you. Who was that one person that said to your, you know, that, that resonated with you in not only your brain, but your heart and your soul that I could be special and I could do something maybe above and beyond what I'm doing now.
1: Yeah, I would definitely say as my dad for sure. Uh, okay. From a young age, he coached me through everything—wrestling, football, whatever it was. Right. Um, you know, even if he didn't know exactly what he what he was talking about, he he learned it and then taught me. Sure. So he was kind of a student of the sport of wrestling at, when I was really young, and you know, then he just would teach
0: me. So. Well, he um, was a he was pretty much of a. A Lebanese hammer himself in eighth grade, yeah. and then he beat Mike Golick. Yeah, he pinned Mike Golick. That's <laughs> the big claim to at fame. At the CYO. <laughs> but from like
1: a technical standpoint, yeah, you know he yeah. he was uh not not really like at the top of the game. You know, mental aspect, he's there with anybody. Sure. But he learned everything. He would go to every single Saint Ed's wrestling camp, and you know now he's probably one of the best technical guys I know. So yeah, just a student um, of the game. Right? Yeah, he's just a student of the game, and right. then he would just teach me and. You know, not just that, but just a mentality. I remember, like, at a young age, um, at his old bar, he would have a bunch of pro athletes come in. and Right. um, I remember he called me and he told me, and I'm like, oh, like, can you get me his autograph or something? And he's just, you know, from a young age, teaching me, like, life lessons. Like, he's like, you don't don't want their autograph. Like, you're going to be better than that person. Yes. You're going to be a bigger name than that person. Like, don't hold that person on a pedestal, you know. You know, believe in yourself that you're going to be right. above him you don't need right. his autograph
0: that's so awesome. that's
1: just kind of the things that he would teach me at a young age and yeah. um, you know he definitely is the one person that throughout my whole life he's just you know been there and taught me everything that i know so
0: so we love sam but we also love michelle right yeah, of course, what was, yeah what was michelle like for you as, as a, a son being raised by an italian
1: mother yeah, I mean, she's yeah. my biggest cheerleader. So, so yeah. every single match, she would be there taping the match so that me and my dad can go over it later that night. Yeah. Um, you know, and the camera would be like veering off into the crowd <laughs> and she you could hear her jumping around and screaming. And, yeah. Yeah. you know, she was definitely loud at every single match and I could always hear her in the crowd. And sure. um, she's um, definitely my biggest fan.
0: Yeah, well, that's great. You got to have great parents, right? Oh, you know, for sure. So important, not only for you, but for the whole co- country at large. Yeah, I mean, for we sure. Need, we need better and greater parents together, you know, doing our thing. So, you know, saying that we are in the turbulent times right now. And, you know, I'd like you to leave the audience with a word or two of encouragement, courage, uh, creativity, whatever you think is, is, is in your heart.
1: Yeah. I would just say, you know, try to enjoy these things, you know, enjoy the time that you have. I know for a little bit, I started taking wrestling a little bit too serious to where I was working so hard. Yeah. And it got so serious to me that I needed to win that when I didn't, it would crush me, yeah. you know, and I, I think it made me lose a little bit of the joy of the sport sure. because sport is very grueling and it could really tear you down if you let it. Yes. And uh, so you just enjoy it, you know, and I'm going into practice every day now trying to enjoy every little thing and, you know, enjoy the moment while I still have time of competing and wrestling and, sure. Um, you know, just trying to have fun with it. Cause like I said, for a little bit, you know, it's, you work so hard. You, yes. know, you work so hard every day, and if you don't reach that goal, and it holds you back because you don't want to lose, right? You know, it stops you from pulling that trigger. It stops you from competing at your best because All you are right. scared to lose. Is what it is. Yes. So just enjoy it and have fun with it, and you know, enjoy it while you can.
0: Well, that's a that's brilliant. You know, and uh, Co- Kurt, Coach herbus quoted Coach Ferguson saying. Use the sport. Don't let the sport use you. Right, you know that was mm-hmm. one of his biggest things, and uh, I told Sammy Gross, who was in here the other day, to drink it in. You know, drink mm-hmm. in every moment, good, bad, or indifferent. Even the pain, drink it in. You know, because you'll never really get those moments back, and the fortunate level that you've been able to achieve, very rare, very rare errors. Mm-hmm. So I think those are great words, Dom. And uh, from Blood Time, the Blood Time staff, we wish you the best. Go Lebanon, unless you're wrestling an American, oh well. (laughs) But go Lebanon, go Dama Abinader and the Abinader family, and thank you for coming in. Yep, I appreciate you having me. My pleasure. This is Coach Cimaroni for Blood Time. We are all blood. Men, are you looking for that great suit or sports outfit made out of the finest fabrics and made to measure tailoring? J&A Custom Clothing Tailoring and Alteration will come to your home or office and give you that fashion statement that you will be known for. Call J&A Custom Clothing and the owner, Joseph Alberstadt, at 216-513-6165. That's J&A Custom Clothing. 216-513-6165. 216-513-6165. I want to share with you my thought of the day. Agendas are a thing of the past. It's time for authentic humanity.
1: Yeah, this is Matt Lillen. You just heard another episode of the Blood Time Podcast. Don't you know that
0: you're a love that stuff you can find us on itunes or wherever you get your podcasts or find us on our website genxgrownup.com all right i right. think that was good enough I, I hope so man i'm tired who <laughs> listens to a promo on <laughs> a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast right i, I i've never done it <laughs>